Hi, and welcome to the Art Tutors podcast. Alisa speaking, and in this episode, I continue my conversation with Jay Choi, an international filmmaker, theater director, and writer. Jay has a wide international experience from living and working in South Korea, Australia, UK, Germany, and now Norway. She's showcased her short films at several film festivals, including Encounters in the UK and Helsinki and Reykjavik Film Festival. And this year, she has written, directed, and co-edited the short film called Trash, which she recently showed here in Norway. So, Jay, hi, and welcome back. Hello again, Elisa. Lovely to be back. So, last time, you gave us a great insight into the film industry and into what it takes to make a good movie. And also, you gave a lot of good advice as to both up-and-coming filmmakers, but also to the audience and uh, how we as an audience can support the film industry and how we can support the young filmmakers. And one of the advice was to go check out the film festivals and uh, explore some platforms where short films are published, like Vimeo and others. And in this episode, I really want to talk with you about what things are currently very hard and very important in the modern film world today. So, to begin with, you are a female film director from Korea, working in Europe. And my first question to you, how is diversity represented in the film industry? I think we're in a very interesting time at the moment because, like you said, diversity is a very big topic in the film industry and everyone, everywhere else. And there are more and more people wanting to see stories being told by the people who experienced it. For example, like stories about women being written and directed and acted by women or stories about black people or Asian people being told by black people or Asian people and I think that's great because it gives us and minorities and everyone a voice and we're not being represented by someone who doesn't really know the story but it also brings up some interesting questions as in um, is there a less value in films that, that are made by people who are not telling their own story, you know? For example, I'm um, directing, I'm developing a feature film called Glowed Up with the British Film Institute at the moment, and it's about um, a black bisexual male in, the, in his 20s from the Netherlands, and that is not me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it's actually based on a friend I had back in London and I learned so much from being a friend and seeing his view of the world. So I really wanted to tell that story. And I'm very aware of the fact that that's not me, you know. So the way I try to make up for it is by doing a lot of research. But I'm still worried that that's not enough. And I'm also worried about how it will be received once it comes out into the world, especially by people who are in a similar position as the character, you know. But I do think, ultimately, this focus on stories being told by who, people who have experienced it is a positive thing. Because as an actor, Asian actor in London, 
I often audition for female stereotypes. <laughs> you might have guessed it like Asian prostitutes or people, Asian women being sexually trafficked or, or on the other side of the spectrum, they were housemates, you know. And um, those were most of the auditions I got. And they were usually written by male, white male writers who didn't really have a in-depth experience of what Asian women were like and you could really tell it in the in the writing um, but you know you're an actor you just have to take the job but ultimately it kind of led me to want to be write myself and direct my own films right yeah yeah it sounds like when when we think about diversity yeah. in the film industry we probably think of the role I think the things that you see on the screen who is playing the role what kind of actor it is but as you mentioned it's so much more than just the actors it's who is writing the the story and also who is making the decision about what's going on the screen right yeah yeah so it's a very deep deeply rooted uh, issue yeah yeah it's not just about who you see on screen yeah right. because it, yeah in order to write good stories for for example asian women if it's written by asian women it will pretty yeah different from something else and it'll be very genuine I can imagine yeah yeah but you need a producer who wants to see that you know for that time right and that actually brings us over to the next topic that I wanted to discuss and it's about female roles in the film industry Mm. and um, I actually came across a dissertation by Norwegian student Henretta Lindby who also happens to be content creator in the art order. <laughs> and she has actually written a dissertation about post-feminism and progressive leading roles in Hollywood, where she made a deep research about Harvey Weinstein. And uh, we all know, we all remember how the film industry in the whole world was shaken by the news and the story about Weinstein. In October 2017, the New York Times broke this story regarding sexual abuse allegations that were going back to the 1990s. And Weinstein was accused of various forms of harassment that were going on for almost 30 years. And um, it was basically an open secret in Hollywood, but mining power enabled him to continue producing films. And uh, we all know that many Hollywood celebrities actually came out to support the women speaking out. And this also started a conversation about harassment and tradition in the industry. And uh, last but not the least, the Me Too company became a catalyst for the widespread global outcry of similar stories. Of course, both the world itself and the industry was shaken by this news and uh, I would assume that something has changed after this huge scandal and after this huge movement, especially with the media company. So my question to you is, what is it like to be a woman in the film industry? According to you, what are your experiences, especially being a female director? Mm. Back when I was an actor, or if I can start with what it was like as a female actor, I met some people in the industry that would change their attitude slightly if I told them that I was an actor. To me, it felt like they thought they had something I wanted and I would have to be pleasing or be pretty or 
be talented enough in order to get it from them, you know. Uh, so when the Harvey Weinstein story broke, it wasn't a surprise at all, <laughs> sadly enough. As a director, it was a slightly different story. Um, the film industry is often described as like a white boys club. It's definitely changing for the better, but to a certain degree it still is. And it's very natural that people want to keep working with the people that they can relate to, the people who are similar to them, right? It's easier to work with them. So it's in a way it's understandable that white men who are already in the industry will want to work with people who are similar to them. And it's, uh, yeah. But at the same time, something does need to change. And without change, mm. it won't become a healthier or, my, or more diverse or more equal industry. The good news is that there are several programs that are being run both in the UK and in Norway and other places in order to make things better. And for example, uh, there was this program in Norway called UPEP, UP in English, and it was a program deliberately designed for female, up and coming female film directors. And they would nurture them for about two to three years and give them a lot of money so that they can focus on filmmaking and not their day job. And, the, and their goal was to get these film, female filmmakers to make a film or a TV series within three years. And that was incredibly successful. A lot of the female filmmakers that you see now came from that program. And this year they've launched another version of it with a bit more focus on like diversity in terms of ethnicity and disabilities. But there are definitely programs going on in order to fix it. It sounds amazing. It's great to hear that there are programs like that in Norway, and that's actually my next question. Now, when you're based in Norway, and uh, given your wide international experience from Sydney, Seoul, London, Berlin, how does Norway compare to the rest of the world and to the global film industry when it comes to filmmaking? Because we were talking about diversity just now, I'll start from the diversity's point of view. Um, I was a part of a talent program called Ulikiblik, which in English means different perspectives. And that was a program focused on diversity. And it was great. But I would still say compared to the UK, for example, there's less focus on diversity uh, structurally. For example, in the UK, if you want public funding, you have to fill out a diversity checklist, which is a several-page document, asking wow. questions about how diverse is your cast, your crew, what are your plans to increase diversity, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think in Norway there is something like that in place, I'm pretty sure. And I've also read that it's probably required because at the moment um, there are lots of minorities that's not being, that are not being represented, especially behind the screens, like in director roles, like writing roles. But at the same time, these policies can't be everything, you know, because there are several cases where people will take part in such programs, but it doesn't lead to anything because the industry itself doesn't change. You know, a policy is one thing, but it can't be enough to change a whole industry. So, um, but it's a start, it's definitely a start. And it's an acknowledgement of the fact that there is something that needs improvement. Another huge difference 
that the Norwegian film industry has is <laughs> money. <laughs> Not surprisingly, there's a lot of money that can be distributed in Norway and that creates a lot of differences, um, both good and bad. On the good side, um, there are lots of paid jobs because there's a lot of funding being pumped into the industry. But on the, on the other hand, it means that people will not try to work if it's not properly paid. So that means that a lot of passion projects don't get made because mm. if you're starting out and you don't have funding and you're doing it with your own money, you can't pay everyone standard wage, you know? And that's a lot, a lot harder to do here than ever in the UK or Berlin. Speaking of funding, the Norwegian Minister of Culture is offering a lifeline package of 300 million Norwegian kroners, which is approximately 24 million euros. Um, and that's for cultural industries as a consequence of the coronavirus. But this was information from a few months ago, so it might have increased during the last few months. And I think that's very needed um, at this time because the industry has been hugely affected by it. A lot of films have not been able to be, uh, be shot because of the coronavirus and a lot of problems with distribution as well. So yeah, it's very welcome. Indeed, and uh, the impact on the industry has been huge. Yet I know that uh, this year and actually just recently you have just finished working on your short film, which is called uh, Suffer or Trash. Uh, which you have uh, showcased at the Norwegian Short Film Festival this summer. Yes. And uh, you're also currently working on a feature film with the British Film Institute. So you seem to keep yourself quite busy, which is great during uh, the Corona crisis. What are your next plans in your career? What are the other projects that you are currently working on? In September, I'll be starting a master's course at the Norwegian Film School and it's a master's in TV series directing and development and my project is about the legalization of drugs which I think is also another very big issue around the world and right now I'm looking for people I can work with on the research stage of it so any psychologists, psychiatrists or health experts with experience uh, regarding drugs or drug addiction. If anyone out there who has that kind of experience would like to be a part of the research process, please get in touch. I'm also looking for people who want to share their stories about drug use, whether it's negative or positive, and of course the privacy is guaranteed. The reason why I want to do this stage of research work with both experts and people with experience with drugs is that I want the stories to be as accurate, but also balanced and genuine as possible. And for that, I think it requires a lot of people's involvement. I can't just rely on my own personal experience. So if anyone out there who is listening to our podcast uh, would like to participate or contribute to your research, please uh, get in touch with Jay and mm -hmm. her website, which is uh, www.jaychoy.com that is j-a-y-c-h-o-r right and uh, we will also provide the link to the website uh, beneath the description of this podcast thank you <laughs> so on this note I would like to thank you Jay for coming over and meeting us for the podcast 
It's been two great, very insightful podcasts uh, with lots of interesting, insightful information about the industry and uh, about what it takes to make films. And um, thank you very much for sharing your experiences as well. It's been a great pleasure having you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you everyone for listening to the Actualist podcast. And remember to follow us on social media and see you next time.